This is Savannah and Allison with Gracefield Chatter, where we talk about honoring God with our life, love, work, and relationships. Join us every other week for a little bit of wisdom and a lot of laughter. Oh, hi, Savannah. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Oh, what has the brightest part of your week been? It was a beautiful day yesterday. It was. It's and been nice and warm. I know, right? Mm-hmm. But then we might get 12 to 18 inches of snow. <sighs> I hope so. And that is the brightest part of my future week. What's yours? <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, I finally had art class again, the first one of the semester mm. on Tuesday. And it's so fun. I just love it. It's like my room is packed. It's kind of a small Sunday school room at this church. And I have so many teenagers around these two tables. They're like crammed in there. Mm. And every come in, it just brightens my face. Like, I could just been a brightens whole hour. my face. <laughs> it brightens my face. <laughs> I knew that's what was wrong with spend, you today. That's it. That's it. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I think you and Callie should just join together and then teach me all your skills. We should. I watch the things she does with her toddlers on Instagram. It's so fun. It's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. So fun. She's so smart. Yeah, anyway. Is. Anyway. What are we doing today? So today, we're going to talk about this quote from a Bible study. It's a daily grace code. Daily grace co. Shocker. Shocker. Right. Uh-huh. It's their lamentation study, which I did. I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast. Mm. But it's a really interesting study because the whole book of Lamentations is like a book of mourning grief, about, right? yeah, grief, being far away from God, wishing God would come rescue them, and they wrote a whole book about their feelings. So it's kind of dark, but at the same time, the Daily Grace Co. study makes it so beautiful and how mm. God can work and speak to us in those darkest places and how he, like, it's okay for us to express that to him. Like, this hurts me or this upsets me or this saddens me or like you were talking about last week this wall between us I don't like it and I don't want it to be there show me how to fix it like Mm. he likes those conversations and so that whole bible study is about that but anyway in one of the sessions that book of the bible sorry guys (laughs) it's a good one (laughs) to do with daily grace I wouldn't just read on your own because I don't feel like you'd get that much from it nope it would just sound like a lot of complaining I struggle yes yes but it's good with their study Mm. (laughs) but in one of the sessions it said this is the quote the posture of confession is the best place to be. And it really caught me off guard when I read it because I was like, wow, how often do I stand in confession? I feel like it's not very much. Mm-mm. I want other people to stand in confession to me. Oh, right. Right. My pride likes that a lot. Mm. And I will tell God I'm sorry for failing him, but I don't always go into detail. Yeah. You know, unless it's like something really big. Mm. I don't like sit there and, and sit in that moment of confession. Let's put it that way. Because I don't really like it. Mm-mm. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it uncomfortable. It hurts. I feel disappointing. Yeah. I'd rather just move on to the rest of the conversation. <laughs> so <laughs> the posture of confession really <clears throat> stuck with me. Like a posture is like the way you carry yourself. Mm. You know, like, that's kind of, mm. it's heavy, but it almost feels important. So I wrote it down when I read that and I was like, we need to talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> mm. So my first question for you is, do you agree with that statement, that the posture of confession is the base, the best place to be? My worldly view says no. But I know as a Christian, we're supposed to admit our faults to God, and it's in that that he grows us closer to him. Mm-hmm. So yes is the correct answer. But do I do it? No. Because yeah. I don't like to be disappointing Mm-hmm. I don't like to. Feel, I like to be in my pride that I am not as bad as somebody else. 
Yeah, or I'm not as bad as I seem. Mm -hmm. I like to tell myself that. It's not that bad. So so did this. Yeah, comparison's also bad, okay? It could be worse. I could have done do-do-do-do-do. Right. At least I'm not the daughter that does blank, blank, blank. 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 Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I feel that so much. So my first thought with posture of confession was the prayer that David prays in the Bible after he committed adultery with Bathsheba. Mm. And so that is found in Psalm 51. And it's a really long passage. I have a hard time talking tonight. <laughs> passage. <laughs> I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I kind of broke it down in segments of like how he tackles his confession to the Lord because it's long and he goes into a lot of detail. And it's pretty heavy. Like when you read it, you feel how heavy his guilt is, you know, and how bad he feels about not doing things the way God told him to do it. Mm-hmm. And with the way, I mean, with that adultery, like, you know, he he rebelled pretty hard. Yeah. He saw something, he lusted after it, he wanted it, he took it. And then he killed her then husband. Then he killed her husband so that he wouldn't get in trouble and he wouldn't have to look that man in the eye after he'd slept with his wife. Mm-hmm. And then got her pregnant. Then got her pregnant. Then moved her into his house. You know, I mean, it was it was blatant. Like, there's so many steps mm. that he knew he was doing wrong, and he mm-hmm. chose it anyway. So when he comes back to the Lord afterward, it's pretty powerful how he speaks to the Lord. I feel like it might help us understand the posture of confession to kind of break down his prayer. So at the beginning, in the first few verses, he comes to God humbly. He expresses gratitude for God's perfection and the fact that God doesn't fail. Which I think is powerful that we start off our posture as like recognizing that we're different from God. Because I think when when I just launch into prayers Mm. and start talking about things, I'm kind of putting myself on the same level as God as far as importance goes. Yeah, yeah. Who's the leader around here? A lot of times I make it me. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be. (laughs) And you make it God when you need him. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The very first verse of Psalm 51 says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Your unfailing love. You are full of mercy. You have great compassion. And you have the power to blot out transgressions. Yeah. Like that just right away recognizes who God is and who we're not. Mm-hmm. The second segment is he's honest about what he's done. So verse 2 through 5, he really goes through how badly he's messed up. <laughs> you know, he's honest. <laughs> he talks about it. Um, He said, I know my transgression and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. He goes on to talk about how just God is and that the verdict should be really bad on what he's done. Which I think is hard for me too. I don't like to dig that deep. I'd kind of rather just Mm -hmm. be like, hey, sorry, I screwed up and then move on. Yeah. I don't want to say what I did. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, it wasn't that bad. God, because yeah. guilt feels gross. Like yeah, It's not guilt. a good feeling. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the deeper I dive into what I did wrong, mm-hmm. the worse I feel. Yes. But I think that bad feeling is what gets us to humility. And when right. we skip over it, mm-hmm. we don't get right. to the humble part. Yeah. And the humble part is what we need. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm literally like preaching to myself. Yep. Feeling this. <laughs> so the third one is he asks to be made new. And he understands that the newness requires adjustment on his part, which Mm. I really like. So this is verse 6 through 12. 
is where that part's found. And what I love, it's, I mean, it's highlighted in my Bible with a picture drawn next to it. So much I love this part. But <laughs> in verse 10 through 12, he says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And that part I just love because I feel like he's getting down to like the grit of his relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Like the most important thing that could be taken away from you is your ability to hear from God and to talk to God. The kings back then, you know, would talk about how the spirit of the Lord was placed on them until they went so far from God that God took his spirit. So at this point, you know, David still has the spirit of the Lord on him. And he's like, please don't take it from me because he saw it taken from Saul. He saw how bad King Saul fell and went into insanity Mm -hmm. after the spirit of the Lord was taken off of him. And he's like, please don't let that happen to me. You know, like that's the worst thing that could happen. I've screwed up so bad right now, but that is still worse than where I'm at. And that's like powerful and I don't think it's something we think about of like being far from God is worse than anything we could do like that that yucky feeling of guilt being far from God would be a worse feeling than that because I feel like when you are so far from God and you continue halfway apologize you're like yeah it's fine and you keep doing what you're doing you keep falling further and further in sin Mm -hmm. that guilt that you have when you do come back of course it goes away because God helps you get through it but that is intense it is intense and it only, yeah, it magnifies, <clears throat> mm-hmm. like what you just said. The longer you continue giving half apologies, it feels like your Band-Aid apology worked, Correct. but it didn't really get to the heart of anything. Mm. So in the last part of his prayer, he acknowledges that being about God's kingdom is his sole purpose, which is verse 13 through 19. In verse 17, he says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem, Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous, and burnt offerings offered whole, and bulls will be offered on your altar. Again, he he gets to that place of humility, and you can hear it in his words, that a broken spirit is more useful to God than someone full of pride who thinks they're all that. Yeah. And the world praises that, being, like, full of confidence, you know, but... Self-help. Yeah. But it's just not useful to God for us to be full of ourselves. No. It's easy to get full of ourselves. <laughs> I feel like I'm more full of myself than I am humble in front of God. Yeah, I am a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I catch myself, I'm like, oh, excuse me when I mess up bad and someone points it out. Mm-hmm. That humbles me. Oh, man. It makes me so anger. mad. Oh, so mad. I'm like, why, who are they to tell me that I've done something wrong? <laughs> and when I hear someone else doing that, I'm like, obviously, you're the issue. Like, look how bad that just made you. <laughs> when it happens to me, it takes me days to get to that point. <laughs> like, I just don't yes. see it that clearly. I know they're the one that's just being hateful. And then three days later, I'm finally like, okay, it was me. It was me. It's my fault. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, God. I'm sorry. But it's that confession to your whoever you were not so nice to. Yeah. That does not feel good. It does not. And... Again, we're back to feeling bad. I feel like that's so part of this, that mm-hmm. like the apology and the confession isn't real until it feels bad. Mm-hmm. If it hurts you so bad to say it, like it's probably genuine. Right. You, just <laughs> you probably it, got to that want... point yeah, of feeling humble. Right. Yeah. Right. Because it, it does hurt, man. It hurts me so bad. I feel like, I don't know, I can't speak for guys, but I feel like with us girls, we're so emotional mm-hmm. that apologizing and admitting and confessing, I feel like that's very hard. It is. It is for me anyway. It's so I, hard for me. I know some people who 
are always the first to apologize, even some women. And they're like, they do it very quickly. Like they just own up to their mistakes. And it always catches me off guard because it's so difficult for me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, that seemed easy to you. So I don't know if it gets easier the more you do it. Yeah. Or if it's more emotional. Women have a harder time with it and less emotional women don't. They can mm-hmm. just be like, oh, yep, I screwed up. That, you know, it was me. I wish I had some of that. But yeah, I don't. And mm-hmm. I struggle. It's like painful. Like I have to sit there in it for a long time before I can let words out. Yeah. <laughs> like painful. Yes. Oh my God. Do I have to? <laughs> yeah, right. I do that with God. Do I have to say it though? He's like, like yes, because yeah. the relationship will not be reconciled until you say it. Like I can hear him like a parent in my head. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't want to. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, well, I apologize to God. That's good enough. <laughs> I have done that. <laughs> I have done that too. Oh, man. <laughs> and then it never makes you feel like you have officially, you know, moved on and changing yourself until you actually confess and tell the person that you hurt uh-huh. that you're sorry. Uh-huh. So what's the hardest part of confession for you between you and God? Like, what is that that mm. most terrible feeling, that hard part? The details. Getting into details of what yeah. you did? Yeah. I, like, sometimes I notice that I blanket my thing, like, blanket my prayers. Like, God, mm-hmm. I'm sorry for whatever I've done against you. And then mm-hmm. I just start praying for other people. Because that's so easy. <laughs> right. It flows right off the tongue. Right. It doesn't hurt at all. Oh, I've done that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So get into the details. Okay. Yeah. I can agree with that for yes. sure. And then what's the hardest part of apologizing to a person that you've wronged? Pride. Yeah. I don't want to admit that I do something wrong. Uh-huh. I don't want to Yeah, it's pride. You don't want to you don't want to humble yourself in front of somebody else to make to let them know that you've done something wrong. Mhm. But again, we're called to do that because your relationships will never flourish and never grow the way that God wants them to if you're going to sit there and say that you're perfect. Right. Right. Because the whole point of being a Christian is pointing to God as the only perfect right. solution. So when we try to make ourselves perfect to other people, we are getting in the way of our ministry. Mm. Like we're getting in the way of our purpose. Absolutely. And yet, for me, that is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. I only want to admit that I messed up if you are also willing to admit that you did a part in this and it's yes. even and fair and just. That's the If worst you're part. not willing to admit what you did wrong, I'm not going to say mm-hmm. a word. That is the hardest part for me. Gosh. It is like... <laughs> That's so true because when you go to someone and you apologize and you're expecting them to say, it's okay, I'm sorry too, and you don't get it, you're like, I'll walk away even more mad. I'm like, no, this is not the point. You're not supposed to walk away mad. You're supposed to still be like, okay, you've done your part. Yep. You should feel good. Grudge and grind against them. Mm -hmm. And I would rather I say it at the same time because I really don't want to apologize first. I don't like that even more. Mm -mm. (laughs) I would rather just go one, two, three, go. Let's both see what we do. Yeah. (laughs) And call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. But the whole getting into the details and looking them in the eye, like all of that is harder for me. Honestly, I'd rather do it to God because I don't have to look at it. Yes. Than another person. Because it takes so much humbling and so much admitting that I'm not perfect. And all of that just, like, kills me. It, like, burns a fire all over me. It's the yes. worst. I have totally thought about that. I never said it out loud. That I can apologize to God because I don't see him looking at me. Uh-huh. Oh. He is, but, you know, you're not staring yep. at his eyes. You're not staring at his eyes. Yeah. They're not looking. They're not standing in front of you mad. You know? Yep. He's removed slightly. Yes. I don't have to look in his eyes. But the good thing is when we get to heaven... All that's going to be gone, and we're going to look in his eyes, and it'll be good. And we won't have to apologize up there. You know, nope. also great. 
It's a win-win. All of our apologies. They're going to be continual until we get there, so. That's right. Uh, Oh, glory. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So another quote from that study later in the passage, it said, We get to come to the throne of God daily through prayer and confess our sins there, not so that we can gain righteousness, but because Jesus is already righteous in our place. Mm. And that, I feel like, brings a new element to our confessions to God. Again, this doesn't really take place with people because people don't see us covered in Jesus' blood. Mm -mm. But God does. And so another sacrifice of our pride in confessing, this is also hard for me, it's knowing that when I come to God to confess to Him, I'm not doing that to be obedient and be a better person and be His favorite child, right? Mm, Like all those things in my head that I feel like I'm achieving because I'm supposed to confess, so I need to go confess, and I need to do it genuinely so that I'll be better. That's not that's not how it works, no. you know? It's that he looks on us, and he sees Jesus has covered everything. Mm. He covered everything when he died. He felt it all when he died. There's no new sin of mine that God didn't foresee, didn't already cover. I'm just supposed to come to him to humble myself. Yeah. I'm not supposed to get more prideful because I'm getting so good at confessing. I'm doing so good at this. Let me go. I'm going to confess again because I'm so good at it. (laughs) Everywhere that my pride tries to seep in in this scenario is not what it's about. Right. Like it's literally not to become more righteous. It's not to become better. It's to humble myself even more. So he can sanctify us. So that God can be bigger in my life and I can be smaller. Yeah. Which is probably also why it's hard. We didn't talk about that, but... And sometimes... I don't want to be smaller in my story sometimes. No, I want to be... Sometimes I want to be the show. show. Yeah. <laughs> I love how well we're connecting right. on this episode. <laughs> Sometimes I um I'll tell myself I'm like, well, you know what? Jesus already paid for that sin, so I don't need to confess it. Oh, I've done that too. I haven't done it a lot like recently, but like it was It's happened before it's though. It's happened. Yeah. And then as soon as I think that I'm like, oh, that was bad. Right. Like where did that come yeah. from? Pride. A pride. 100% of pride. Right. Mhm. Uh-huh. Yeah. We are called for to obey God, to humble ourselves, and keep changing. Yeah. And the only way we can humble ourselves and grow closer to Him, allow Him to change us, is if we go to Him and tell Him what we've done wrong, even though He knows what we've done wrong. If we don't confess it and humble ourselves in that point, we're never going to grow closer to God. Right. Because a lot of times we have to hit rock bottom in a place. Not Mm -hmm. in all of life. I'm not saying like you have to continually hit rock bottom and lose everything. But in a certain area of our life, we may Mm -hmm. have to hit rock bottom and be like, oh, I am like gossiping. Let's pick Mm -hmm. that. If you get to a point where you really hurt someone you love because you gossiped about something, that may be a rock bottom just in that one area of your life to get your attention to be like, I have a problem. Like, I cannot keep my mouth shut. I'm talking to people I love behind their back, and I hurt them. And the confession that you have to dive into that to God and then to apologize to that person may be what it takes for God to change you in the way you gossip. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not necessarily a redemption chain. It's just a sanctifying you. You may have to hit rock bottom in that area for God to get your attention. Absolutely. And that's a lot of what you were just saying of, like, you have to kind of think through it I think too much of life we're going so fast we don't think Mm -hmm. but sometimes you really have to be like why am I doing this why do I have to keep confessing this to God and then when you ask yourself those questions you'll be like oh because I have an issue gossiping like that's the problem I'm not keeping my mouth shut and that's why I have to keep confessing that I've hurt people's feelings right right absolutely absolutely something you just touched on too that I feel like we can flow right into we started a new bible study and 
at church. It's by Henry Blackaby, and it's called Experiencing God. And he kind of just in the very beginning goes through the seven steps of like what it looks like to walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, the first ones are like believing that God's working, believing that God wants a relationship <laughs> yep. with you and he loves you. Yep. Yeah. That like first becoming a Christian stuff. And then as he gets down to the bottom, one is you have to usually, like you have to hit a crisis of faith mm-hmm. to really decide like, are you going to follow God mm-hmm. or are you going to choose the ways of the world? Absolutely. Then the next one is if you choose to follow God, you have to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. And I think that has been the hardest for me to swallow this whole week doing the Bible studies, but it goes right with this. Mm-hmm. Like you have to get to points where you see that this is not working. Like the way I am gossiping about people is not working. It's harming other people. It is not benefiting our relationships. It's not glorifying the Lord. And I have to make adjustments. Yep. I have to break habits and start new habits mm-hmm. with the way I talk. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. That is really hard. And it's after that, it's when you do those things, you're ultimately living for God. Our purpose is not for ourselves. We're not here for ourselves. We're mm-hmm. here to listen to God, to obey God, and to make ourselves more like God. Right. And the ultimate purpose of us even being here is to glorify Him. And for his kingdom. Mm-hmm. So when we finally get off our horse yeah. and listen to him and humble ourselves, he humbles us. But when he does that, he speaks to us. He shows us this crisis of belief that we have. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, now what are you going to do? Right. Are you going to adjust and come closer to me or are you going to sit there and go back to the beginning? Right. And that's our, like, confession. Yeah. That choosing that posture of confession and continually humbling yourself brings us because mm-hmm. that's where David was brought you yep. know he got on his high horse he kind of felt like oh I'm king I'm rich I'm mm-hmm. victorious I should have whatever I want he took whatever he wanted and then he realized hey this is not a good decision right. you know all the steps that took me to here were bad ones mm-hmm. and I was disobedient now what do you do just like what you said you have that question in front of you do I continue down this road of taking everything I want mm-hmm. or do I stop confess humble myself and make an adjustment. Right. I've already killed somebody at this point. I've already slept with their wife. We are pregnant. Now what? Right. You know, and that's kind of when he turned back to the Lord. And that those are big adjustments. Like sometimes mm-hmm. they're big life things. Other times they're things like, I need to watch my words better. I need to watch mm-hmm. my anger better. Mm-hmm. But it still takes focus and thought and attention. Right. How am I going to make an adjustment? How am I going to fix this and become, and let God work in me more? Yeah. Because like you said, the whole point is to grow to be more like God, make God a bigger part of your story mm-hmm. and yourself a smaller part. Mm-hmm. But it takes continual adjustments for yep. the rest of our life. And Absolutely. that is hard to swallow. Absolutely. And I think if we don't wake up every day, multiple times throughout the day, <laughs> and say, okay, I am here on this earth for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is for you, God. Knock me down. Mm-hmm. You know? And if we don't, <laughs> I'm speaking to myself, but if we don't, allow God to do his work and humble ourselves and let him make us more like him, we're never going to be able to glorify his name. Mm -hmm. Not that it's on us anyway. He's glorifying his name through whatever he's allowing us to do. But ultimately, we're here for his vessels. We're his vessels. We're not called to do anything on our own accord. Right. And I'm so bad to want the pat on the back. Like when I apologize, when I humble myself, when it's hard and I push through and do it anyway, I want the pat on the back. Like, mm-hmm. I want recognition. Yeah. I want to know that I did the right thing. I want God to recognize me for doing the right thing. I want people to, you know. Mm-hmm. I want the <laughs> person I confess so... to say thank you. Yes. 
Yes. So then when we get a no response or a I messed up too, it's like, hmm. Yeah, it's like not good enough. Right. And the only reason it's not good enough is because I'm so self-righteous in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right. I still want it to be the Allison show. Absolutely. And that's something that needs to be adjusted. Speaking right. of adjustments. Exactly. You know? And I think that's why a posture of confession is better than just apologizing when you have to, which Absolutely. is kind of how I do life. Because I it doesn't leave me in that humble place. It leaves me in the very self-righteous place. He's just kind of throwing you a bone every now and then when you want an apology. I'll just like toss one at you. But it's not, you know, it's not affecting me. It's not getting deep. Right. I'm not changing. I'm not adjusting. Right. I'm doing life in my self-righteous bubble. Absolutely. And I'm tossing you an apology when you ask for it. Mm -hmm. Right. And how much is that doing? Right. No For you or the person. And what glory is it bringing to God? Zero. None. Right. It's not negative. Because I'm not changing. No. I think... The hardest part is that, like, how many of us like making adjustments or change, having change thrown into our schedule? Like, none of us enjoy that, right? Mm-mm. If this wasn't a podcast, it'd be like, by show of hands, who likes making adjustments? Nobody. But you can <laughs> show me your hand left now. the room. Everybody, right. <laughs> Everybody got up and leave. Nobody likes changes in their plans <clears throat> or having to change themselves. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. And we don't always want that. Mm-mm. But I think... In a world that's constantly saying, like, fight for what you deserve, fight for being treated well, fight for what you want, be yourself. They're all comments that are thrown around. But, like, at the end of the day, what is fighting for myself and becoming more self-righteous going to do for my relationships? You know, like, that's not the healing balm that Jesus brought in. That's kind of what the Pharisees had set up in a culture of achieve what I say is righteous or be lower than me. One right. or the other. You know, that's kind right. of how the Pharisees walked around. That's like how they pride. did life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm doing everything well, and I'm sacrificing for the times that I screw up. You either meet this bar, or you're less than right. me. But you can be less than me. It's right. fine. It's very self-righteous. It's mm-hmm. not relational. It's not loving. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what Jesus came in to rock that boat of like, no, this is not my heart. This is not how I want things to be between us or between you all. Right. Henry Blackaby book that we were reading he gave an analogy of a potter and the clay. And I've heard this analogy, like, of just the fact that God's the potter and we're the clay. Right, right. But he went into more detail of, like, if the potter doesn't form the clay, it stays the same, right? So it's never going to be a useful object. It's not going to be a cup or a bowl or a mug or a vase or anything if the clay just stays a lump of clay. Mm. It's not going to become more beautiful. It's not going to become more effective. It's just going to stay a lump of clay. So it's going to be ugly and not useful. Mm-hmm. But if the potter starts working the clay and he decides it needs to go a little to the left and the clay goes to the right on its own, that's not going to become a good cup, right? <laughs> because it's not going to be even. <laughs> or if he's working the clay and the clay just becomes stiff and won't let him do anything. Or if he's working the clay and the clay starts giving him all the opinions of what he thinks he should be, what he thinks the potter should make him. You know, like we're not working well. And I feel like that's how we respond to potter and clay. Or at least I do. Yes. Because I'm kind of a control. I like I like being in control. Right. I wouldn't say I'm a control freak. I don't mind following people's leadership. But when it comes to my own life, I would like to control things. Right. So there are days when I have opinions for God about what I want my life to look like. You yes. Know? Like, well, why <laughs> didn't you do times? this? Well, can you do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'd really like it better this way. All right, thank you. There's definitely times when I feel like he's like, mm, we need to work on this pride a little bit, and he starts massaging, and I'm like, oh, don't like how that feels, so why don't you work on something else? It's like, move it to the left. Yeah. Dodge. <laughs> exactly. You, you can't dodge God. No, and then no. you're going to end up being a really lopsided cup that's not useful. Yeah, exactly. So again, like if I like that analogy mm-hmm. because we have to let him work on us. Mm-hmm. We have to let him work on what he needs to make us for the kingdom of God. You know, like mm-hmm. he's got a purpose when he created us of what he wants to turn us into. And if we fight that the whole time, we're not going to be turned into what he created us for. No, exactly. And I think the world is so full of that self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. make yourself better, all these self-help books, and it's all about you and what you want. Do what makes you feel right. No, mm-hmm. we're here for God. We're mm-hmm. here to do what he wants us to do. We're here to do what makes him glorified, not what makes us feel good, what makes him feel good. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, if we have a society full of people who are all trying to do what they want and what makes them feel the best, <clears throat> where are our relationships going? Down the drain. You know, like nobody's fighting for each other. Mm -hmm. Nobody's fighting to humble themselves and love people well Mm -hmm. or sacrificing something in their life because your friend needs you. Mm -hmm. If everyone stops doing that and everyone is just for themselves, our relationships go to pot. I mean, every time a marriage, you hurt each other's feelings, you're just going to walk out on each other. Mm -hmm. Like that's, it's never going to work Mm -hmm. in a business, in a marriage, in a friendship. Right. It's all about self-righteousness. We all Mm -hmm. want, um ourselves to be heard but we don't want someone to tell us what we need to what we need to hear right and i think a lot of our relationships in the world are very surface level Mm -hmm. you know and like looking now even like as a child we like have those deep relationships with other people you know yeah and then as adults we say what we want we say what we should say in the world's viewpoint we don't sit there and actually make relationships the way god wants them to so we don't have all these deep relationships that we actually are called to have right. by God because of our pride. And what can get done yeah. without a community? Nothing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, God called it the body of Christ for a reason right. because we need. He knows that we need all of us together right. to encourage each other because we have different talents and gifts mm-hmm. and we can't work together if we're all fighting for ourselves. Absolutely. Be it a family or a church or a mm-hmm. community or a Bible study. Like, it's just... It doesn't work. It can't be everybody for themselves. Right. It's a re- He's a relational God, mm-hmm. you know? Back to confession, tempers our pride enough to see that being a servant of God is the best place that we can be. Mm-hmm. And being a servant means open to being led, open to being molded, open to knowing that we make mistakes and willing to stand up and admit them. And I think starting with God will help us get there with people. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think practicing with people will help us be more genuine with God. Yes. I've found it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. The more I can humble myself in front of a person that I have to look them in the eyes, the easier it gets to talk to God. But at mm-hmm. the same time, being honest with God helps me be honest with people too. Yeah, because he humbles you enough and changes your heart so mm-hmm. you can actually go and apologize to somebody. Yeah. It's true. And I always need his help to apologize because yes. it's so hard for me. I just can't do it in my own strength. It's swallowing the pride and it's letting pathetic, him speak through you. It's pathetic, but it's true. Through you. Yeah. yeah. No. It's But hard. I need his strength to get me through those hard apologies mm-hmm. because, especially when I'm still angry. Yes. Because I just can't trust my own words to do it. Uh-uh. It's like less is more. <laughs> less is more. It's hard. There. It's hard. And I'm sure that 90% of y'all are agreeing with us. I hope so. If I you're good at confessing, ones. please, please share. Comment your best tips. Yes. 
on how easy it is for you to confess. Please. <laughs> and if you agree with us, I'm glad we're not the only ones because we'd yes. sound like really terrible people if we were. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? We're all bad people, so it's okay. That's right. We all need some humbling. I think we can all use a little bit more molding, some more molding of clay, forming of yes. cups and bowls and things. Yes. I would like to be a nice pitcher. My friend like, that does pottery is going to be like, why can't you only think of cups and bowls? Like, I make so many other things. You know what? Cups and bowls but are that's very That's all I can important. think of right now, okay? I think of a pitcher, but I don't even know how you would do that. A See? Pitcher? Here I am. You know, like a pitcher? Shh. Yeah, because you do pitcher. art a lot, so I'm not surprised that you can't. Yeah, I'm such a good artist. <laughs> I do it all the time. Literally. Picture making things out of clay. Yeah, don't you know that? I have my own little clay table thing. What's that called? Yeah, right. I know you have one. You don't even yeah. know what it's called. Yeah. See? <laughs> I wish you would apologize for being so rude. <laughs> I'm sorry. My words are very harsh. <laughs> I can't even look you in the eye and say <laughs> And we will be practicing. We're going to practice with each other starting tomorrow. That's right. Not today. I'm not going to look at Allison for the rest of the night. <laughs> oh, bless oh. it. All right. Let's pray this All one right. out. Oh. <laughs> hey, God. We... Thank you today for your glory. Like David, we acknowledge that you are so big and you're so full of compassion and love that goes beyond our own. Like we get to limits with each other. We get frustrated when people hurt us. We get frustrated with ourselves when we aren't as perfect as we want to be, when we let ourselves down. But your love and your grace just keeps going. And it's shown to us in the fact that you made a redemption plan, that you wanted us after we failed you so much, that you still pursue us and you still love and you still forgive. And that your redemption plan was so great, it would wash away every sin of ours and everyone else on the planet, everyone throughout history, and everyone still to come. It's huge, God. It's huge and it's beautiful what you did and what you've made. And I just ask that you would help trickle that down so deep into our hearts that we can't forget it or let it go that it's something we see when people make us mad we see that redemption plan and your love and the way it pursues us and that it softens our hearts and that we give people a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and a 15th chance because you continually give us chances so i ask that you would help us understand that when the more we accept your grace the better we should get it giving grace to other people So I just, I pray that you would help us to be more sincere and deep in our apologies to you and in our confessions so we can practice being genuine and being deep and being thorough and admitting when we're wrong and admitting when we're not perfect so that we can keep growing, we can keep becoming more like you, that we can keep glorifying you and being effective clay that doesn't fight back when you want to grow us, but be clay that's willing to be molded into something beautiful even when we don't see it, which I think is the hard part. We see one thing and you see something else that's more beautiful and we doubt your plan. And so with that thought too, I just ask that you would help us to to trust you and to trust that what you're making out of our life is good and we need to just be still and let you work. We thank you so much for everything you are, for this podcast, for our lives, for our conversations, for the things you show us in Bible studies and randomly throughout the day and bring up that we get to talk about on here. And you're so good. And we love being your girls. We love you so much. In your precious name. Amen. Amen. Bye, guys. Have a great week. (laughs)